0: turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan.
1: Welcome to the show. My guest today is Ginger Bratzel. Dr. Bratzel is the founder and creator of Rio Grande DATP LLC. Ginger started her professional career as a dentist, where she developed systems and strategies to increase patient and client attraction to create business growth. Today, she's our guest on Financial Flossing. Ginger, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I like the flossing, by the way. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for tying that in there. (laughs) So let's jump in. You have a unique story, which I find absolutely fascinating. You were a dentist. So tell me, kind of, how did you get your start in dentistry?
2: Well, I always wanted to be a dentist. So that wasn't a big stretch for me. If you asked me at five years old, that's what I was going to be. And so, you know, streamlined through college, streamlined through dental school bought a dental practice before I was even done with dental school in my hometown because I knew that's where I was going to be. And I had it all figured out. That's that's the planner in me and left the old guy there. And the practice was really bad. And I knew that. It wasn't like I got the wool pulled over my eyes, but I thought the problem was him. I'm just going to get him out of the way and I'm going to come in with that shiny new dental degree and my little happy face and I'm going to change the world. And boy, I got a smack in the head because nothing changed. I was doing business. I was doing just like he was. And I, I just kind of went about building the business, doing everything I could. I wasn't afraid to do the work, but nothing changed. So I was putting on overhead. So I was buying all this fancy equipment. I was getting more initials after my name because everyone said, you got to be certified in this and certified in that. And um, just went about it the wrong way. We did this for a long time. And I said, hold it. I can't keep on this treadmill. I can't outrun this thing. So I stopped and said, you know, let's not think about it, solving it with the dentistry because I was there to help the patients. I was there to give them what they wanted, but they weren't excited about it. So So how how can I do it differently?
1: So you had to figure out, I got to crack this code. Right. I can't just fill cavities and do cleanings and all that stuff. I got to figure out how to make this work from a business standpoint. I can do dentistry. but I got to figure out how to make it work. Right. And you did. And you did so well.
2: You changed careers, but well, we'll get to that in a minute. So, how long did it take, and what did you do? Well, once I changed, once I forgot everything the dental world was telling me, I just abandoned that. I said, "Let me look at it as a business." You know, it, what I was struggling with for years changed around really, really quick. I was doing less than nine months. We were doing really, really well. we'll and let so me, we let me stop
1: you. Of- let me stop you right there because it's so interesting you said that because I have clients who, who own their own practices who want to sell because they hate managing people. It's like they learn nothing in dental school. All they learn is technical, clinical work. They learn nothing about running a business. They don't learn anything about personal finance. And so in some respects, they're set up to fail unless they're just really curious and and investigative like you.
2: That's exactly 100% it because we don't learn that in dental school. I, I learned enough and I was in a program that did this enough to get a really good loan package. I went in there with a business proposal that I wrote and financials, but that was enough to get me the loan and said, here's this money and what are you going to do with it? So, you know, you've got to run a business, you've got to manage people, you've got to change how you think about things. Because when I started thinking about it as a business and not just a dental office, you know, that's where things happen. But the big thing for me was, It's like, I want to do this for these people. I think they want this, but it's like, we're not communicating. So when I started changing that languaging and really talking the way they were talking and thinking the way they were thinking, I mean... People who told me no, 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 no for seven years were saying, can we do it tomorrow and can I pay cash? I mean, it's that kind of connection. So where my real big wake up moment was, I just thought this was part of the grind, is when I got a call from my CPA, called me at the office during office hours, which he never, never did, and said he had to talk to me immediately. So they pulled me out of clinic. I went back to my office thinking I really screwed up and the IRS is after me. That's honestly my thought. And um, he said, we got a problem. In your QuickBooks, there's too much money in there. So I think it's an accounting error. And usually I can go back and find it really easily because you just somebody misentered a number. But there's, there's weeks and months of this going on. And so you've got to help me figure out where the breakdown is and where this uh, mistake came from. And I explained to him it wasn't a mistake we were doing much better. And he said, tell me what's going on. And just like I told you how we're running systems and we're connecting with patients differently. And he got real quiet again. So I still thought I'm screwing up. And he said, do you think this is something unique to your area? Like you're doing some procedure or some new insurance came in and it only works for you. And I'm like, no. He said, do you think you can apply it to somewhere else? And I said, yeah. And I says, just a framework. You can plug and chug. And he said, great, because I've got three clients that I've got to make a call to afterwards. I'm going to give them your number. And I want you to help them because they're not doing really well. And that's how I fell in this world was just helping others. And it it just snowballed from there to there to there until the, you know, that was finally, um, you know, where I'm at now. That's all I do is help other service-based providers, healthcare providers, mostly dentists, get out of that rut and make it all work. So give me an example
1: of one thing you changed that you realized you had to change. And it it had a dramatic effect to the bottom line.
2: Well, you know, when we looked at my marketing message, what we were saying, you know, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about that credentials that I went after. It wasn't this new piece of equipment that I've got and, and explaining how it worked. It was getting into their heads and really understanding what they're doing. So like, for instance, you know, people weren't talking about root canals and implants. They were talking about I'm missing a tooth or I I can't eat with confidence. Mm-hmm. So everything came back to that level. We brought it all back down to where we're having the conversation that they were already having in their head. So
1: you practiced for how many years struggling before you cracked the code?
2: Oh, it was seven. Everyone said you have to suffer for seven years. Okay. You have so to pay you pay your dues, which is BS, everybody.
1: <laughs> so so seven years you suffered. You cracked the code, and then were how long did you practice where you were just killing it?
2: So I about another ten years. Okay, Where, and, and there, I was da- and I was doing both right, so and that ten practice. years
1: you were consulting, mm-hmm. probably pro bono in the beginning. Oh no. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and then and so for ten years you were doing both, and then the marketing or the consulting grew so much it was just a better use of your time, and you're like, I'm gonna, really, I'm, I'm so passionate about this, I'm gonna go help other people out.
2: Well, that's what it was because, you know, I one thing I find about all dentists is we are there really to help people. We really do care. Now, some of them are quiet about it and some are more boisterous about it, but you're really at the core are there to help people. And so, you know, where I was sitting there at a chair and I, you know, if I had an eight operatory chair. I can only help that many people. Now I can help through other practices. I leverage, I can help the doctor. I can help the team. I help the community. I help their patients. So, I mean, it's just a lot more fun helping more people doing this. <laughs>
1: So let's break it down. Let's pretend I'm a dentist and I'm whether it's I'm struggling or I want to grow or whatever. And I call you and I say, Ginger, help me out. What are you going to do? What questions are you asking me? What are you going to do?
2: Well, you know, it comes with, you can't go somewhere unless we know where you're at. And so most practices have put a certain amount of stuff in. So we figure out where you're at. And I I will go through detail and find out, you know, we're going to look at your numbers. I'm looking at production. I'm looking at collections. I'm looking at new patient numbers. I'm looking at team. I'm looking and I'll start separating who's producing. You know, if you've got an associate doctor, we're looking how much are they contributing? How much is hygiene contributing? What a lot of people think is a lost leader. No, it's a profit center and it's just mismanaged a lot of times. So we'll go through and look at that. And I'll ask you, what do you really want? Because I have a dream for everybody, but that's my dream. I want to know what your dream is for you. And so, you know, I tease all that out of there and we look at it and I'm going to put it into perspective, the whole patient journey from, you know, people want new patients but can you handle the new patients? Or are you converting enough cases? Is something broken down there? Or we have enough raving fans are coming back and referring. And then do we have a system to make sure this is going on each and every month? So, you know, plugging that through, I could tease all that out. What I like to do is first thing is I call the fastest path to the cash. I look to see what you're doing already, if you could tweak it and it it was it's close, but you're not. Quite there? What can we fix without spending a lot of time, energy, and money and get those systems going? I think back to the variety shows when I was a kid and had the plate spinners. So that plate's kind of spinning, but it's just a little wobbly. What can we do to tighten that up and get let it go? And then we can talk about these other profit centers for you. And
1: your goal, am I right in saying your goal is to, you know, whatever your fee is, your goal is to basically help them earn that much money or more in the first 30 to 90 days, correct?
2: That is my goal. My intention is to get me paid for because everything after that's gravy. Because that's when everyone's like, should I invest in this? Cause I don't know if I can get my money out of it. And it has less to do with me and my abilities and more to do with the barriers that they have in their heads. So we talk about, you know, what's holding you up. You, so you put a so glass how, ceiling on
1: there. How much of this is mindset and how much of it is obviously there's practical applications, but how much of this is mindset?
2: You know, I think for me too, when I got there, it's a whole lot of mindset, like it's a whole lot of marketing. So we concentrate on three areas if I had to break it down. So we we talk about the marketing. So we're talking about getting and keeping clients. We're talking about management. So what things broken in the systems that keep this plate spinning, but also we're talking about the mindset. And so is it the wrong people on the bus? Is the doctor need a little more help on what's going on between your ears and thinking what you can do, what you can't do? Because I was in a rural area and people told me, you can't do that here. That won't work here. You can't make that much money. And I, for, you know, I listened to him for a little while and thank goodness I stopped listening to him because that honestly got me out of that rut where I can say, hey, I can do this.
1: That's so great to hear. So you talk about the three pillars, you know, mindset, marketing, what was the third?
2: Management. Management.
1: Are they all equally important or is, is there one that
2: comes first of the others? Well, it depends on what's already going on in the practice. You know, some people are really good at management, but they forgot the other two. Or they've they got the mindset, but they don't have the leadership in place where they're trickling in that down. So it's a th- stool. you got to have three st- uh, good... Uh, legs to hold the stool up, and that's your practice. And so, you know, you don't want one shorter than the other. Sometimes, at certain points in your your journey in the season of your business, some need more attention than others. And that's where you know we're sitting there looking at at the beginning, saying, "Where do we need to spend our time and attention?" Because we all have limited finances, even if, even if you're doing well, you all have limited time. So, what do we need to spend that's going to give us the biggest return on investment at this point? Marketing
1: is a pretty um polarizing subject in the dental oh, yeah. world. Some people think it's everything. Some people think it's all garbage and malarkey. And there's a million different marketing people out there and marketing philosophies. What's your take on marketing?
2: So the question I get all the time is like, how much time should I be invested in marketing and how much of a budget? You're a money guy. So I tell, I give them, I said, write down these two numbers, a hundred and zero. Because honestly, everything and you do in your business—from the way you open up your mouth, the way you answer the phone—you know, the impression you come—that is marketing. It is something you do for somebody. So it's a hundred percent going on in your practice at all times. So if you say I'm not into marketing, then you don't have a business. It's you have to be marketing in some ways. And internal, external is image. You know, I find because I dabble in both worlds of marketing and dentistry. This is where I get on my my soapbox here, and I talk to my dental colleagues about it. So when I go to marketing events, so I'll meet some guys. Yeah, I'm gonna. This is all the time. Yeah, I'm gonna start doing websites. I'm really good at this, or I'm I'm gonna start this SEO thing, and I'm gonna do it. Gurus out there tell in the marketing world say, hey, the first people to go after the easy targets are dentists. They've got more money than they can spend on this kind of stuff. They're desperate and they don't know a lot, and you can do a lot for them. And that really really angers me. So that's why I feel like there's a lot of junk floating around there because they don't understand the business, and they don't understand what it takes to be a dentist, they don't understand the whole investment. So, you know, that really irks me to talk about that part.
1: So, when you're sitting there with a with 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 a a client, what's the most common advice you see or what's the biggest what's the biggest challenge you see people struggling with and what's the the, the most common advice you're giving people all your clients?
2: Well, you know, it's part of this whole system. So, you know, they'll say so-and-so is really good at this in my office a lot of times, and we'll find maybe that's not really the situation. It feels comfortable. Um, It's easy to be comfortable, but sometimes it's about giving up that comfort. I tell them it's like um, swimming across the pool. You got to let go of the ledge a little bit if you're ready to swim. And so- it's, it's part of that professional development and that personal development. and I, I have that banner that I put up in my meetings every time. There is no professional growth without personal growth. And so it's easy to say, I, I'm just a dentist. I want you to work with the team. Tell them what to do and they'll do it. If you're not the captain of the ship and you're not all invested and you're not there to tell them which way to... To stroke and when to put the oars in the water, you're just going to spin around. So it's it's a whole system tied together. Now, does it have to take all your time? No, it gets a lot easier, just like any muscle memory as you go on. But you know, that first thing is to finding out where you're at and having real clarity of what's potential. And sometimes well, these, that's, that's what you need.
1: It's easy to be lazy and just pay Ginger to go fix the staff and you stay exactly the same, but that's not what Correct. it takes, right?
2: No, you know. In fact, you know, like someone says, I, I don't even need to be there. and talk to my staff. I'm like, I'm sorry, we're not going to get anywhere because they need you. They need you to be the face of the company. You need the face of the, the direction. So yeah, it, it wouldn't it be nice? You know, yeah. uh, people always are looking for a magic bullet. And I saw. I always carry with me when I'm speaking on stage or I go in. I have a silver bullet. I carry around. And I said, you want a magic bullet? Here it is but this is nothing for your business. So if you really need that magic bullet, I'll give it to you. Or do you want to do something to change things? I'm here for you too.
1: So is the biggest mistake dentists make throwing money at problems, assuming that's what's going to fix it?
2: Well, I I don't have a problem financing a problem, but I don't think you have the right intention. You know What what do I need to resolve this problem? What am I going to look at to resolve it? What consequences can happen? Do I have a plan B? So before you throw money we kind of we look at it especially even like marketing because that can get really hefty. I look at marketing cost like it's my personal money and I, I I don't know if I should do that or not but when I see a doctor say, you know I'm willing to invest X amount and it's a big amount my, my stomach goes because <clears throat> I'm like I don't think you need to spend that much. So whenever we look at marketing stuff, we look at can it be tiered So I always test. So can I do enough for the test budget to see if it's going to work? And then if so, is it leverageable? So if this does work, how can we crank it up? So that's, you know, it's not just writing a check. It's to make sure you get, you're getting your return on it. And that's everything with marketing. It's not about social media. It's not about a logo, not putting a website out there and hope it gets uh, there. I want to track, if I spent X, what am I getting out of it?
1: What is the biggest financial mistake you see Dennis make?
2: Usually it's online. Websites, again... A lot of expensive dental websites out there. They get very outdated very quickly. They're so patient, unfriendly. I saw one the other day. Someone had me look at them. They were so proud of their websites they developed for dentists. And there was a glossary of every dental term in there. It's like everything I learned in dental school. And I'm like, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're talking to people the totally wrong way. If You have to give them a glossary and expect them to understand the dentistry. You're talking the wrong language. What do we need to do to make sure they understand it's not how to take care of their comfort, what value it's going to be, and it's going to solve their problems. And not one of those had a dental term in it. So let's talk English to them.
1: Yeah. So let, let's talk about results. You're you're a pretty you're a straight shooter.
2: Oh, about uh, yeah. <laughs> and,
1: which I mean, you anyone can tell by talking to you, but you kind of have that reputation kind of as a no-holds barred type of person. So people are either going to love you or hate you, which is what you want. You want to right. find out real quick. But um, what kind of results? do you typically get for people? Or or give us an anonymous case study.
2: Well, you know, it depends on what the outcome, that's why I have goals for you, but I want to know what your goals are. So as far as results, are they looking for new patient numbers results? Are they looking for case conversion results? You know, I look at it in different aspects of, I want to look at those numbers, but also I want to look at total revenue. And when we look at that kind of, you know, I want to get make you feel like you've been validated. My, my fee's been paid off and everything after that's gravy um, very quickly. But also I want you on, I, it's not a fad diet. It's a long-term nutritional plan that you can live with and make it happen. And then there's the the other financial result that you really can't, or other number result we can't put a number on is, you know, how much of your life you got back? You know, <laughs> are you worried about the practice anymore? How much extra sleep you're getting? So there's a lot of things that we measure in quality of life and also financially to do that.
1: Yeah, I think quality of life is a big deal. So, so many people, I mean, obviously, the majority of dentists don't work on Fridays, but there's lots of dentists who do work on Fridays and make money. Yes. (laughs) Because nobody's there. Right. And some that work on Saturdays, but you can help them build the practice that has them work whatever number of days they want, hopefully, hitting the income numbers that they're trying to hit. Because Mm -hmm. as we talked offline, we both know some people who make insane amounts of money and don't work that much at all, or at least they're not in the office that much at all.
2: Now, well, I'm going to say they work. They just work. They yeah, work they, their and they, right. and that's the deal because, you know, if you take just like anything, if you don't watch it, it doesn't work. And so those guys are trading those guys and gals are trading uh handpiece and glove hours for business hours. And that's a, it's a different leverage.
3: Yeah.
1: That's, that's absolutely fascinating. So let me ask you a couple other Last kind of final question that ties to tie this in. So, going back in time, what's the one thing you wish you knew when you came out of dental school?
2: Well, I, again, the lesson I had to learn the hard way it's it's about being a business first, not being dentistry. And, uh, you know, what my professors and the dental industry and the dental associations, I'll say it out there, they said, if you're worth the darn, you don't have to advertise. You know, people will just come. And so, you and I see a lot behind the pictures that other people don't have the liberty of doing it. I see great practices that fail every day, great dentistry being done, great doctors, and they suck. They they just don't have the sustainability to keep the business going. And so, you know, if I had that option again, I would make sure that was a stronger foothold on that. And then also it's, you know, it's time. You're wasting a lot of time doing things that didn't work. Um, and I and just being really, I didn't start working with a coach or a mentor until I, you know, pretty close where I started figuring it out. And I was like, I got it this far, but I need some help on going through. Um, having that person in there to help me do that just is like putting gasoline on the fire. I got even more out of it. So, you know, having that outside influence because a lot of dentists just sit there and suffer in silence. They think they're the only ones, nobody else is having this problem. You go to a dental meeting and they everyone shows up in a nice car and they're wearing new clothes. But you know, when in reality if we pull back the curtains, they're not doing so great. Not all of them. Some of them so, are, but not all of them.
1: What would you recommend a new dental school graduate do? Be an associate at a you know John Doe practice, be an associate at a DSO, or start their practice practice from scratch right away.
2: You know, it really depends on the person. And I couldn't go into dentistry unless I. Bought a practice that was my generation. You know, you might go into um, public service or the health department if you wanted to be an employee, but it's okay if you don't have it all figured out. I find a lot of dental students, and I'm going to get on my soapbox on this, accumulate too much debt, and so now you've got dental school debt, and you're going go to go into practice, and you really don't have a clear directions you're going to start this practice with this vision of uh, you know colors and you know most people pour, put more time into their logo than they do into running the business and so yes. if you're not ready to do that it's okay to go through and get an education on somebody else's dime pay the bills get get income because you learn as much about what you don't want to do to help you when you do want to do it so sometimes that's a beneficial thing
1: yeah, that that's good advice right there. So I'm a big reader. I always ask every guest what's their favorite book or what have they been reading recently or anything you recommend? What about you?
2: Oh my gosh. I read I read two or three books at a time. But I'm sitting here looking at my desk of which ones I'm reading right now. For me, you know, it came back, you know, Dan Kennedy, I'll say any Dan Kennedy book because Dan's a man. He's kind of just straight shooter. That's why I appreciated him, you know no BS crap about running a business and looking at things differently. I think that was uh, beneficial to me. I I read so many things. I read um, personal development and business. If I read a fiction book, it would be the end of the world. You're Um, like me. I don't, you know, I'm sitting here right now. I've got zero resistance selling on my desk.
1: Oh, wow. So that's great. Uh,
2: So now if people
1: want to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you?
2: Well, reach out to me. Since we're talking to the dentist, and we're always talking about patients, I have a resource. So, uh, reach out to me at gingerbratzel.com/patients with a S and N, P A T I E N T S. I have a resource there. You know, we talk about finding your best patients and 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 starting those these things that we've just dabbled on a little bit. So I have a resource there and kind of an exercise that you can do on your own to figure out where you need to be spending your time and energy a little bit more and um, just tying this all together at the beginning of the system. So I'll, it's mine for so you. It's it's ginger free.
1: Bratzel, B-R-A-T-Z-E-L slash patients.
2: Yep. So uh, any other
1: parting wisdom for dentists?
2: Oh, you know, guys, it's a different game. COVID's changed it. I think too many people are outsourcing and dev- relying on online to solve all their problems. We are in the people business, and we've got to keep coming back to that piece of people business. And if you're not building those relationships in your community and the personal relationships with your patients, then all that marketing is a waste of time.
1: It's good advice. Dr. Ginger Bratzel, everyone. Ginger, thanks so much for coming on today. It's been really, really interesting. Guys, go to gingerbratzel.com slash patients. Check out the resources. If you feel like she could help you out, give her a call. If she could help you out, give her a call and see uh, see, see if, if working it working together is a fit. It's all about growth. And so thanks for listening, guys. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brandon. We will see you next week.
0: This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com. Registered
3: representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities LLC, PAS, OSJ 3664 Coolidge Court
4: Expiration April
3: 2023.
4: This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. External sites and information are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC, Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032, California Insurance License Number 0L10073, 2022, 133263, expiration 0224.